Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome To another episode of Life as a gringo I am Dramos Of course It is Thursday So it means it's time For our Thursday Trends episode And I'm going to be Flying solo on today's show Because I know that I gypped you guys Out of an episode On Tuesday I apologize. It wasn't a planned day off. I had some family things that came up last minute that I, I had to, to deal with and, and take care of. So I unfortunately did not have time to record and I, I had to I had to just skip out an episode, which I hate doing. I, I know that for me, I hate when my, my favorite podcast that I listen to every morning, and not to say that this is your favorite podcast, but a podcast that's a part of my routine. I hate when uh, it, it's not there for me in the way that I'm expecting. So I really do apologize. I don't take it for granted that, you know, you guys are, are investing your time into helping me uh, have a job, essentially, right? <laughs> so I don't take that for granted. So really sorry. Just uh, had some stuff I had to take care of um, and it didn't work out that I was able to do the pod. But wanted to hop on, obviously, today. I'll be flying solo, you know, because I wanted to uh, kind of make up for for that again. So I'm, I'm really sorry. But man, today we'll be talking about a few different things. Um, We'll, we'll we'll dive into a Florida man who is just like trying to out MAGA Trump these days. Uh, we will also talk about an update on man dark stuff, but uh, the the mass shooter in Buffalo. He had his day in court and uh, he's been sentenced. 
ironically, in, in a very dark way, we also had another mass shooting this last week at a, a university in Michigan. So we'll talk about that. I also wanted to talk about uh, a story that I found fascinating about our declining healthcare system in this country and something that I've noticed for a while and didn't really understand the reasoning. But for those of you who have gone to the emergency room or had family who have gone uh, recently, I know from my experience, I realized that the uh, the system is broken, y'all. And and I found a story that explains a, a good portion of some of the things that I've been seeing. Um, and of course, it all comes down to people prioritizing money over our health and safety. And then on a positive side of things, of course, it is Black History Month so for our Mi Gente segment. We are going to be honoring some Afro-Latinas who made their mark on history. But before that, let's just get into the BS, the nonsense, in a segment we call For the People in the Back. Say it loud for the people in the back. All right, so let's talk about this Florida man, uh, Rod DeSantis, who many are are thinking is going to be giving Trump a run for his money as far as the uh, Republican nominee for president. He has been on on a tirade as of late trying to galvanize the MAGA crowd. I mean, that's the only logical explanation for the nonsense that he's been uh, spending his time doing. One of the more recent ones, which has now um, led to many protesters in in Florida heading down there as he now has banned uh, Florida high school students from having access to a new advanced placement course on African studies, right? And this is after the uh, Department of Education has rejected the class, saying its curriculum, quote, violates state law. Citing no specifics, the department's Office of Articulation wrote in a letter to a college board official January 12th that the class is, quote, inexplicably contrary to Florida law and significantly lacks educational value. And I want you to focus on that last part. Significantly lacks educational value. Now, this is an African-American studies class, and they're saying that it significantly lacks educational value. And of course, you know, this is coming from the uh, the the education department, but this is all at the hands of, of Ron DeSantis and this nonsense that he's been pushing. Now, this class that they're referencing has been developed for more than a decade, right? And this is according to uh, the College Board's website. So this is like an AP class where it's a college-level class that is offered to high school students. Now, the curriculum covers, quote, literature, the arts, and humanities, political science, geography, and science to explore the vital contributions and experiences of African Americans. But again, this significantly lacks educational value, according to the the Florida board here and, and of course, our buddy Ron DeSantis. And and of course, this comes on the back of a bill that Ron DeSantis uh, signed last year, the Stop Woke Act. Uh, which uh, is a law that he signed to restrict how colleges and workplaces talk about race, gender, and sexuality. DeSantis has also uh, targeted K through 12 school instructions, uh, most notably through the Parental Rights in Education Law, which is nicknamed the Don't Say Gay Law, 
Um, and it is uh, the law that prohibits classroom instruction on gender and sexuality in kindergarten through third grade. Okay, let's break down a few things that are going on here. First and foremost, this is performative politics at the end of the day. It, it, that, that's what it comes down to. This is somebody who is trying to galvanize the crazies and, and trying to give them another option other than Trump. And also saying, like, listen, I know you guys love Trump for his crazy, but guess what? Like, I'm even crazier. Now you guys should start loving me and vote for me for, for president, potentially, right? That's what DeSantis is doing here. It's it's sadly performative politics. And the, the part that is incredibly sad, aside from the fact that he's really just playing the, the Republican base or the MAGA base, I guess I should say more specifically, the, the sad part about it is that there are real people who are affected by things like this. And particularly, you have the protests going on um, about the, the African studies class. You know, you have uh, prominent African uh, American activists who are, are leading the protests right now in Florida. But what is the harm in teaching history of a culture of people, specifically a marginalized group of people who have been, you know, uh, long left out of the conversations and, and long, uh, man, not getting the credit they deserve for the contributions they've made to this country, right? And then specifically, I do want to quickly touch on this whole, you know, parental rights and education law, the, the AKA don't say gay bill, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're trying to oh, teach our kids to be gay and teach them about sex at an early age and all these different things. And I, I, I think you're all missing the point. You are taking the scare tactic that the pundits on, on places like Fox News, they're, they're running with this stuff. Nobody's trying to teach your child to be gay. In fact, you can't teach a child to be gay, right? We, we, anybody with with some sort of education process knows this right you don't just um turn gay somebody just doesn't hear uh a, about being queer and decide you know what i'm i'm thinking i'm going to give that um give that a shot here you know it, it's something that is inherently uh somebody's born with those types of feelings born attracted to a specific gender or the same gender as their own whatever it, it might be but it's not something we could pray away. It's not something we can shield our children from, and then they won't become, uh, you know, gay if you you are somehow a, a homophobic parent. Like this is just who people are, and it's okay. There's 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 nothing wrong with people living out their their lives and and being happy and being able to love who they want to love. And what these sort of programs are are trying to do is to Show children that these are human beings as well, because sadly, many of the adults in their lives find it very hard to just allow other people to exist, right? They, they want to control what people are, are doing and people who have no effect on their lives whatsoever. They want to tell them who they can and can't love, right? And at the end of the day, queer people are, are going to exist in this world as they have throughout the course of history. So all they are doing is making sure that your kids are aware of sexuality and, and gender so that they can be better human beings, better than the assholes that we see on TV or the internet who are spewing homophobic lies and, and half-truths and all these different things. Like It's just making children aware that different types of people exist, right? Even if they are not um, you know, sharing the same feelings or, or don't, aren't attracted to the same people or, or don't identify in the same way. 
you're teaching your kids that they still have a right to exist, that people who are different than them have a right to exist in this world, that to lead a happy life and to not have to feel like they have to exist in some dark corner uh, of the world. That's what these programs are, are intended to do. Don't, don't feed into the nonsense of, of they're trying to teach your kids about uh, sex at, at this early age. No, none of this. Like, the, this, is, this is just the, the far right trying to scare you into thinking that there is some sort of issue with this. All people are asking for is to be included in the conversation, to be seen, to not have to hide, to be able to just live their life as they see fit. And all of us, regardless of how we identify, and in regards of who we love, we all have a right to exist in this world and specifically in this country, which is supposed to be, you know, the, the freest place on, on Earth. Right. At least in theory. Now, moving on to, man, uh, a, a tragic story that we've, of course, talked about. You had the mass shooting that happened in, in Buffalo, New York last May. Um, I, I guess on, on positive news, you know, on these types of stories, there's no really, no real winners, you know, just just losers at the end of the day. But. This last week, you had a um, yesterday. Actually, you had the man um, responsible for these these killings, uh, Peyton Gendron. Uh, he pleaded guilty to twenty five state counts, including first degree murder, domestic terrorism, motivated by hate, and attempted murder as a hate crime. And he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Which, uh, at the end of the day. You, you can't bring the people back that, that he murdered, sadly, that, that were sentencing murder, that were, were taken from us far too soon. But this is the, the best that we can do right now. And, and at least justice was served. And, and to push it further, I don't even know if I can say justice was served. When we have stricter gun laws in this country, I think we could say that justice um, has, has truly been served, that the lives of these people uh, have been, been honored in some way, right? And and that even leads to, like, sadly, right in, in this same news cycle, another mass shooting happening. And this one happening at Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. You had three students uh, sadly killed, five students injured. The gunman was uh, a 43-year-old man named Anthony Dwayne McRae, who later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound when he was, con when he was confronted by police off campus. Um, even scarier, the gunman had a note uh, on him when the, the police found him, saying that he was actually planning on targeting three schools in New Jersey, three public schools, which is yeah, I, scary fucking stuff, man. And, and you want change, right? And, and I think all of us want things like this to, to stop happening because they're completely unnecessary. Now, you had the governor of, of Michigan, um, Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer, and she's called for the state's lawmakers to pass tighter gun control measures. Uh, for the first time in 40 years, the Democrats are in control of the state's legislature uh, and the office of governor. And this has Democrats hopeful that they can pass tighter gun laws in the state of Michigan. Now, the state's Republicans, surprise, surprise, are not necessarily on board with this. They are seeking to reach a consensus on laws focused on mental health services. So, of course, they want to make this a mental health issue rather than a gun issue. And the reality is it's it's probably both of those things so how about we do we implement both of those let's implement stricter um you know let's implement uh mental health services uh you know more more broadly for people who need them and also enact stricter gun laws let's fucking do both because people's lives 
are, are worth far more than, than the right to bear arms because our government, you know, when they wrote this constitution, they told us we can carry a pistol. And I damn well would not let that right be taken away. Like, stop. It's fucking nonsense. This is people's lives, people's children, people's parents that we're talking about here, you know? Um, now, the, the Democrats' proposal, um, they, they have measures that were including uh, universal background checks, so-called red flag laws, court orders requiring police to seize a gun from an individual, and safe storage. And, and ironically here, because this is what, is, is so fucked up about the politicians because they're supposed to serve us, right? They are our people that we elect. They are people whose salaries we are paying with our taxes. They're supposed to serve the will of the people. And, and ironically, they just don't give a fuck, obviously. It, it's, it's very obvious because you have Republicans pushing back against these notions. Yet in Michigan, they're saying the bulk of voters have expressed support for tighter gun laws. A statewide poll released in December found that 90% of Michigan voters support background checks for those purchasing a gun and 74% approved of having courts take guns away from those considered dangerous to themselves or others. Those are very large uh, percentages. They are far more than, than the majority, right? So people are speaking. They want tighter gun laws and their politicians don't give a fuck because they're more concerned with the checks that they're getting from the NRA. And the crazy people just want to live out their, their cowboy fantasy in this country as well, of course. Now, even though Democrats do have control over the state legislature right now, they're saying that they have a slim control of it, you know, so it's going to be tough to, to potentially pass this. Uh, ironically, though, I, I want to talk about Michigan and, and this college for a second. The state is also home to a thriving gun culture, and Michigan State's constitution includes the right to bear arms. And unlike the uh, U.S. Constitution, Michigan State's constitution also has a self-defense provision. So I, I just want to, like, in what fucking world does a college person need to be bearing arms? This is 2023. We've seen mass shootings at every place imaginable, including colleges, but in the bylaws of this fucking college, this university, they have the right to bear arms. People could just be carrying on their way to fucking... Uh, their, their poli-sci class. Like, this just doesn't make any sense. It's a weird fucking world that we live in. Like, it, it really, really is. People are holding on to, like, old world ideas. And, and at the same time, people are just collecting them checks, uh, you know, where, wherever they can get it. And it's, it's really sad because they don't give a fuck that, you know, um, they're, they're signing those checks with, with their, their constituents' blood at the end of the day. It's, it's really fucking sad. Now, last thing uh, I'll, I'll say about the depressing state of this country. I don't mean to bump people out, but I want to want to talk about something that I've been bitching and moaning about in my own personal life for a very long time, and that is the the state of our current healthcare system. I'm not sure what it how it is around the country. I know for me here in the New York, uh, New Jersey area, to see my primary doctor is a whole fucking you know thing. Uh, they can schedule you in a month from Saturday. Okay, if I'm sick right now, a month from Saturday doesn't really help me out. So. I have to go to an emergency care place. You go to this uh, urgent care place and they charge you crazy amounts of money. It's more expensive. And it's also some doctor who is not very experienced and not providing you the best care. Or it's a, a, a nurse practitioner who, again, not very experienced and is not providing you the best care. And, and I want to preface this by saying anybody who is a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a doctor, this is not a... You know, this isn't 
isn't me coming down on you and your profession uh, or, or your capabilities, your qualifications. I think what you guys do is amazing. What I'm talking about is a system that is asking you to go above and beyond your training just because it saves them a couple bucks. And that's the unfair part. They're putting you in positions that you shouldn't be in just so they can, you know, uh, take home a, a bigger check. So the powers that be can, can do that. Right. And I found a really interesting story. Um, this is on CNN's website. They were talking about in uh, a California emergency room. Right. And it was a story of a pregnant woman who was having all kinds of complications. They kept sending her home, coming back, um, only to realize that it was something far more serious. But the people treating her were just not qualified to to know that. Um, and, and what they found doing research was that this California ER had actually outsourced its emergency rooms to a company called the American Physician Partners. And it's a medical staffing company owned by private equity investors. And APP employs fewer doctors in its ERs as one of its cost-saving initiatives to increase earnings according to a confidential company document obtained by KHN and NPR. Let's pause for a second. So the company that is in charge of staffing at an emergency room is owned by private equity investors. So these are rich people who pool their money together and they invest in various companies so they can make a return. And it's no different than like investing in a stock or investing in real estate. They're, they're looking to move around their money that they have and they're looking for ways to you know make a, a higher percentage return on their money rather than just sitting in the bank wasting away, right? So their ultimate goal is to turn as big of a profit as humanly possible for those who are investing in said company. Now, this is the problem with this country. I have no problem with people making money. Hey, capitalism, it does work. I love the idea that I can be an entrepreneur and create generational wealth through my ideas and my creativity. But there has to be a line drawn when it comes to morality. People's health, people's safety, that's where I draw the line. That should not be a place that we are looking to turn as big of a profit as humanly possible. That's a place where we should be trying to provide the best service possible to the people who are coming in. Because literally, on a regular basis, we are determining for many the difference between life and death. So the idea of trying to turn a bigger profit should not exist in a place like the emergency room in a country like the United States. And it's it's really, really scary. And the, the article goes on to talk about how this staffing strategy has permeated hospitals and particularly emergency rooms that seek to reduce their top expense, physician labor. While diagnosing and treating patients was once their domain, doctors are increasingly being replaced by nurse practitioners and physician's assistants, collectively known as mid-level practitioners, who can perform many of the same duties and generate much of the same revenue for less than half the pay. That's what it comes down to. We want you to be able to provide as close to the, the service as somebody's coming in there to get without them really noticing or knowing the difference, but we want to pay you half to do so. That's what it's all about. How can we cut as many corners as possible and then barely still be able to do 
the the service that was that this person is coming to to um have have experienced right and i'm i'm mincing words i'm a little bit fucking annoyed here but essentially they're like how can we give you the bare minimum of what you came here for charge you the same amount of money but then also come out of our own pocket the least amount so we can increase our profits the most that's what they're doing and and critics of this strategy say that the quest to save money results in treatment meted out by someone with far less training than a physician leaving patients vulnerable to misdiagnosis higher medical bills and inadequate care and these fears are bolstered by evidence that suggests dropping doctors from ERs may not be good for patients. You think? I don't need to fucking go through a whole study uh, of, of, of case studies, you know, uh, uh, go through a whole bunch of case studies to realize that this is probably not a winning strategy if, if the priority is someone's health. If the priority is to make as much money as humanly possible for your investors, sure, this is probably going to do that. But again, at the expense of people's lives and safety. And then you question yourself, how is this type of shit even legal? How is this not something that is being, you know, overseen? And that they're not saying you cannot have people who are not doctors diagnosing someone. You know, like I had an experience and this is why, this is kind of where, where it all opened up to me, where a couple of years ago, my girlfriend, um, you know, she, she had an accident and we had to go to the ER and and she had to get stitches and it was quite a bit uh, uh quite a lot of stitches like a really really bad um injury and we're in there and we don't realize it till essentially after it's already happening that the person treating her and and doing these stitches wasn't even a fucking doctor and again not to take anything away from those who who are nurse practitioners, who are nurses, who are physicians assistants, you guys are an incredibly important part of this. But again, it's a you're a part of this. You shouldn't have be bearing the role of a doctor on your shoulders. Like it, it it's just not fair to you. You don't go through the same amount of training, right? The same amount of of schooling. You're not paid the same amount of fucking money. So why should you be doing their job? Because some private company wants to. Uh, turn a bigger profit for their investors. And and the ir- irony is that like this woman who was very nice, who was, um, you know, doing these stitches for my girlfriend was saying, thank God you got me because I'm far more experienced with doing this. I'd be really scared if you got one of the other um, nurse practitioners. That's one of the people working there. And just by the luck of the draw, we got somebody who is more experienced in this. Are you kidding me? Like, what the fuck? And the irony in this is, right, it's not like they're charging us less money at the ER or the hospital because they don't have to pay doctors as much now. So, like, the savings is not getting, you know, so that they can make the argument in that case of, like, oh, well, you know what? At least the savings is getting passed down onto you. It's not. We're getting charged the astronomical money that we would be getting charged if it was a doctor or a nurse practitioner. In fact, that's getting worse and worse. And they're just laughing all the way to the bank. And again, where is our, our government protecting us and implementing laws that do not allow nonsense like this to happen? It's really fucking scary. I'd love to see somebody like John Oliver do a really deep dive into something like this. Maybe he has put me on if I'm, I haven't seen it, but this is the country that we live in where even our emergency care 
has been privatized and looked at through the lens of capitalistic people who value money over humanity. God bless America. Now, with that said, that was a lot of heavy shit. I don't, you know, I know. Let's, we're going to move on to something positive here. Uh, we're going to honor some people from our community who are doing amazing things, especially this Black History Month. So we're honoring that for our Mijente segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, so for our Mijente segment uh, for, for, man, Black History Month, which is, uh, is, is quickly coming to an end. This month flew by, especially January feels like it was like three years long. But I wanted to honor uh, some, some people from our community. And specifically, when you talk about Black history, there's been this like really sad uh, blind eye that's happened in our community where we don't realize that Black history is also our history and that we need to celebrate those from our community who are undeniably black and who sadly many of which grew up feeling like they couldn't identify with their blackness even though the world did treat them as such so i want to make a point to you know as we celebrate black history month to also make sure that we're we're talking about the black people that we have in our our beautiful latin community you know the the beautiful uh 
culture that they bring and, and the history and the contributions that they've made to our incredible culture. So I wanted to uh, pull this this post from um, Hip Latina Instagram page, Hip underscore Latina. They did a really dope post uh, about Afro-Latinas who made their mark in history. So I'm going to read uh, some of the ones that they, they had on here. So one of the first women that they honor is Miriam Jimenez Román. And she was a professor, author, editor, and activist born in Aguadilla, Puerto Rico on July 11th, 1951. Marion's experiences in the U.S. and Puerto Rico allowed her to see the similarities between anti-Black attitudes that existed in both places. This inspired her to publish works that educated others on topics such as blanqueamiento and Taino revivalism in her book, The Afro-Latina Reader, History and Culture in the United States. Her awareness of racial discrimination in Latinx communities inspired her to be a loyal ally and build coalitions with African-Americans. She is known for becoming the co-founder and executive director of the Afro-Latina Forum in 2007. So amazing work. I do actually want to pick up that that book. I'm adding it to my my list right there. Um, so salute to Miriam Jimenez Roman. You have uh, Gwen Lafil, and she became the first African-American woman to host a nationally televised U.S. public affairs program in 1999, she was born in New York to a father who hailed from Panama and a mother from Barbados. She made history when she became moderator and managing editor of PBS's Washington Week and senior political correspondent for the PBS NewsHour. She went on to publish The Breakthrough, Politics and Race in the Age of Obama in 2009. So salute to her, Gwen Lifil. You also have Silvia Del Vilar Moreno. And she was an Afro-Puerto Rican artist born on February 28, 1990. Her love for the theater inspired her to found the Teatro Afro-Boricua El Coqui Company in 1968. Hold on. Hip Latino, you, gotta, you guys got to check your, your, uh, your, your, uh, your writings here. She wasn't born in 1990 if um, she founded a company in 1968. But hey, listen, we all, I, I fuck up till we all make mistakes. I'm not ashamed of you. Um, but, uh, her, <laughs> the, the, the company was recognized by the Pan American Association for the Festival of New World as the greatest exponents of Afro-Puerto Rican and Antillian culture. She also founded the Soninque company in New York City. Before she passed away from lung cancer in 1990, she was named the first and only ever director of the Office of Afro-Puerto Rican Affairs by the Instituto de Cultura. Okay, so maybe she she passed in 1990 is uh, what they meant to say in that one. Remember, Silvia de Vilar Moreno. And uh, there's a few other ones on this list here I want to make sure I honor. You have Lorena Boras, and they were a transgender and immigrant rights activist known as the mother of the trans Latinx community from turning her home into a clinic that provided a sanctuary for trans women to be tested for HIV to bailing out trans women who were thrown in jail due to sex work. Her trans activism was influenced by her own experience as a former trans immigrant sex worker. She co-founded the Lorena Borras Community Fund, which helped those who were stuck in a cycle of arrest, jail, and deportation. She also founded a nonprofit organization to serve as legal representation for the trans people who faced deportation due to an arrest. Lorena, born on May 29, 1960, passed away March 30th, 2020, due to complications from the coronavirus. That's really, really sad. But, man, salute to her and, and all the work that she's done. 
um, for the the trans community and and saying that's like another issue in in the the Latin community as a whole. Um, the the hate against the queer community and, and and trans community specifically. So obviously, incredibly important work that she was doing. Very sad that that COVID um got her. Now we, we move on to Celia Cruz, who we had talked about uh, on a recent episode as well. Now she is the queen of salsa music. She began her professional singing career in 1950 when she was the first black lead singer of the orchestra La Sonorar Matancera. As a solo artist, she went on to establish herself as a salsa singer in the U.S. Johnny Pacheco and Celia Cruz began to collaborate and they produced one of her signature songs, Kimbara. She's known for breaking barriers as an Afro-Latina in music and popularizing salsa music in the U.S. La Negra Tiene Tumbao, singer, recorded more than 80 albums and songs, earned 23 gold records, and won five Grammy Awards. Damn, 80 fucking albums? Holy shit. And 23 gold records. Man, we got to give Celia Cruz more, more flowers and five Grammys. Damn. We do not speak about her in the way that we should in general. Like, outside of even, like, Latin culture, she should be spoken about in, in man, in music culture as a whole. 80 albums, 23 gold records? That's crazy. And the last, uh, the last woman that they they honor here is Victoria Santa Cruz. And in 1958, her and her younger brother founded the first black theater company in Peru, Fumana. At this theater, Victoria wrote, choreographed, and staged her first musical play titled Malato in 1961. She speaks of her struggle with taking pride in her Afro-Peruvian roots in her poem, Me Gritaron Negra. Upon her return in 1966 from studying in Paris, she founded the group Teatro y Danzas Negras del Peru. The group's acclaim helped revitalize popular Afro-Peruvian dances like the Zamacueca and Landu to the rest of the world. And if I mispronounce any of those dances, I genuinely apologize. So salute to her, Victoria Santa Cruz. Man, I love this. And I, I, I feel like it's so crazy to me that this is all like a new conversation. Like it's Black History Month and we never talk about the incredible black people who are part of our Latin community. And it's just like, this is a brand new thing like that never existed before as if they, they weren't around before. But hey, that's, you know, part of our history that, you know, our generation is trying to push past. So with things like this, I want to make sure I honor them. Some Afro-Latinas who have contributed to an incredible, incredible history for, for Black History Month. Now, with that said, no ask a gringo segment for today's show. I always try to be honest with y'all. I've just had so much shit going on this week. I, I've been trying to take care of it. I didn't have a chance to post, but I uh, promise you we'll get back on that grind for, for the next episode. And man, with that said, let's tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. 
State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcast. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer, contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Time for conclusion soon. Mm. All right, so quickly recapping the shit that we've talked about today, because a lot of it is just fucking nonsense. DeSantis being one of them. He's trying to out MAGA Trump. This is performative politics, and they're saying that you can't teach fucking, uh, you know, black history in, in high schools now, right? We can't have an African-American studies class for AP kids um, to explore the contributions of and experiences, I should say, of uh, African-Americans, right? Because it, it significantly lacks educational value, right? That makes a lot of sense. And we can't talk about people who identify differently than us or have different sexual preferences than us, right? Because that would be the, the end of the world, right? We just have to pretend like these people don't exist. And when we do see them, we just have to make sure we, uh, you know, hurl all the hate humanly possible at them. Like, What kind of fucking world are you trying to push? And again, it's performative politics. These aren't real issues. These aren't, you know, uh, things that actually impact, you know, most people's everyday lives, uh, you know, if they were to to be allowed to happen. If that American, if that African-American studies class was allowed to happen, it wouldn't upend our country as we know it. Like this is all performative politics to speak to the, you know, craziest part of the Republican Party, that MAGA base. And DeSantis is just trying to, get those MAGA lovers over onto to his side so he can make a run for, for the presidency in 2024. That's all this, this is. It's just nonsense. Uh, and, and these mass shootings happening in this country, more unneeded nonsense. Thankfully, this, this man for the Buffalo shooter is going to be uh, spending the rest of his life in prison, no chance of parole. But sadly, we see this other shooting happening. In Michigan, you hope that Michigan begins to set the precedent for stricter gun laws in this country and, and hopefully other ones other states begin to follow because as the studies are showing us, the voters are saying they want stricter gun laws and it's the politicians who are choosing to ignore them. And then when it talks about the medical care in this country and what's going on in the emergency rooms and how it's being privatized for, you know, the staffing is being privatized. 
It's fucking American capitalism at its finest, not giving a fuck, uh, you know, about what happens, who you have to step on. And, and this is like the most egregious representation of that. You literally deal in the world of potentially saving people's lives and treating them for illnesses and ailments. And, you know, for those of you who are, um, you know, anti-abortion, this should bother you, too, because you want the child to to be brought into this world, right? The, the healthiest way possible. Yet, these companies are, are literally using this as an investment and as a way to turn a, a bigger profit for their investors, right? This is them viewing it as a stock. So they're cutting costs by cutting the quality of care, potentially putting people's lives at risk just for the sake of having bigger returns for their investors. It's really fucking sad. And and then on the, the more positive topic here, we talked about some incredible Afro-Latinas who have made their mark on history. I just want to make sure we continue this narrative when we talk about black history and, you know, it's Black History Month. But, you know, that should be uh, happening all year round, honoring the, the contributions that our black brothers and sisters have made. It's the recognition that we have black people as a part of our community. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And rather than continuing the terrible history of pretending like they don't exist or pretending like they are lesser than, uh, you know, be, because of, of their, their skin color and, you know, continuing on this horrible colorism and internalized racism that is just like a disgusting part of our history. Like we need to move into a phase of, of celebrating the diversity that you know that that comes with being a, a Latino. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and you know I, I hope that speaking about it in this way, and particularly when you talk about Black History Month, when it's a time to reflect on Black history, making sure that the the Black voices in our community understand that they not only have a place, but they are you know just as valued as as any one of us you know. Uh, even those of us with with lighter skin tones or whatever it might be, you know, that the bullshit that previous generations tried to pass down to us does not have a place in our current culture, I think is what I'm really trying to get at the thesis of, of, of my statements here. Man, but with that said, thank y'all so much for tuning into another episode. My apologies again for missing out on, on Tuesday's show, but I appreciate y'all for, for rocking with me. Remember my book, Just Be, the pre-order is out right now. I just got some physical copies in. It looks amazing. I can't wait for y'all to see it. Thank you to everybody who's bought it so far. Justb.nyc. That is the website. You can go pre-order it right now. They're going to be shipping the next couple of weeks. So please pick that up. There's a subscription. I'll be releasing four of these books. It comes with a free t-shirt. Also a one-on-one Zoom call where we could just chat about life. Whatever you want to talk about, you know, uh, all that is at justb.nyc. And of course, my other podcast, The Street Stoic is out everywhere you find podcasts. Monday through Friday is a short 10 to 15 minute inspirational podcast combining uh, you know, hip-hop lyrics and quotes with ancient Stoic philosophy, hopefully inspiring you to live uh, your best life. That's the goal. So The Street Stoic out everywhere and Just Be, my book, is available right now for pre-order. Go check that out. With that said, have an amazing weekend and I'll catch y'all on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Till then, stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Tengo 
diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en, en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.